Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Welcome to everybody joining us online this morning. And we're just going to jump into this. I'm, man, the Lord has this way of, you know, just like a good father, he corrects and he guides and he leads us through life. But it's always for good. There is nothing bad in God's discipline, his leading, his guiding. It's perfect leadership. Man, perfect leadership. How many, wanna, how many could say, I want that, sign me up? Perfect leadership. And as I'm walking through this, just so y'all don't think that I've got it all figured out, the Lord is like, I mean, this is eating my lunch. You know, and by no means, you know, when I'm giving testimony about our life, am I trying to display that we are perfect about anything? But I'm certainly not going to come up here and give you all the testimony of when we've missed it. Because <laughs> how's that going to help you? <laughs> Right, but God has been so faithful and good to us and you know walking with the Lord and being being a disciple and becoming more Just living in commitment and dying to self in your life is a process It is absolutely a process. It doesn't happen overnight God is patient if he was patient with his disciples when they walked with him and he was right in front of them and then after they Jesus had left, they were able to have Jesus in there, the Spirit of God in them, and they still walk through things. How many know that we're probably going to walk through things? That we're not going to do it perfectly. That we're not going to be <clears throat> uh, perfect at it. But you know what we can be? Is purposed at it. And I, and I think that sometimes in the Christian world we get this mixed up, that we think God is looking for our perfection in things when he's actually not. We're only perfect in our spirit. And that's why he's saying live from there, because that's where life comes from. But he is asking us to be purposed, to not give up, to not stop, to keep going forward, to allow the Lord to correct you when he says, listen, you're not doing this right. Or even in those times, how many times the Lord says you're doing a good job. Listen for that and believe that that's God speaking to you. But he's just so good. And, and in this discipleship, I just, in this message and where the Lord is taking this church, I really, we want, we want to be sure we're excited about what he's saying. <laughs> Even though sometimes it's difficult because if he is, if he is, how many know that when you eat meat, it means you're able to take the meat and eat it, right? I would hate to have to drink from a bottle my whole life. You know, that would look silly. I wouldn't be much help to many people if I was just drinking on a bottle though, my whole life, you know? But we get to, the Lord is saying, here's some meat for you to chew on. Which means that if we chew that meat and we meditate on what he's saying and we heed and hear, kind of like we said at the very beginning of this series in Mark, um, heed and hear and obey that word that the Lord has so much more for us. 
And I've seen some pretty awesome things in my life. I've seen and I've been in services where the glory of God has been very strong, where um, I've seen a miracle happen right in front of my eyes. Um, Like somebody had a stroke and their face, they couldn't walk and they were crippled like this and in a moment, I was there, I got to see that. Some of you were there. Her face went completely normal. Her hands went completely normal. She didn't need her cane, she could peel an orange. I mean, stuff like that. I mean, I've seen and been in and just some awesome things, but to live with the expectation that there is so much more, that we're only scratching the surface of some things, that when I, when the word of God says that when you lose your life, you actually find it, when he says things like that, doesn't it make you want to find out what that is like? So you mean, God, that if I lose my life, if I lay it aside, if I die to myself, I'll actually find a level of life that I've not yet experienced? You mean that's available? You mean when your scripture says that I am able and I am willing to do exceedingly abundantly above all you ask or think, you mean, God, that there's more beyond what I'm thinking right now? You mean there's more? Yes. I'm here to tell you, yes. You you know why I know that or how I know that? Because his word says that. And we're going to talk about his word this morning. So just, I just wanted to, You know, sometimes my intent is not to make the word hard and difficult and it to be cutting. The word does that on its own, (laughs) you know what I mean? But it's to express to you, and sometimes when you're very passionate about something, it can come across maybe kind of hard. That's not my intent in this. My passion is, is that God is saying Come on, faith, family, church. There's more. There's something deeper. If we could just lay aside ourself and see what he sees, then it's the things that he has for us are so amazing. I don't even have words to describe. But last week, um, let's just go over a little bit of review this morning. So he sounds like his word. Remember we were talking about being led by the Holy Spirit and that he sounds like his word. Is that um, in John 16, it talked about how the Holy Spirit uh, is basically uh, the Holy Spirit's utterance do not proceed from himself, not from his own mind. He says what he's told. So three things about the Holy Spirit. He's a guide. Number two, he's a discloser of things to come. And let me just say this about him. He's a discloser of things to come, which means that he is more interested in giving you and showing you the hope of your destiny and future than he is what happened in your past. If you're continually hearing something that's happened in your past or you did wrong, that's not the Holy Spirit. So shut it up. Shut it up. (laughs) Shut it up, right? 
Let me read that one again, because some of you need to really hear this. I need to hear this. He is more interested in giving you and showing you the hope of your destiny and future than he is what happened in your past. Glory to God. You know, if you allow the enemy to just tell you what you did wrong and sit on that and allow you to stay in your past, you'll never be able to go to your future. That's what the enemy does. Number three, the one who glorifies Jesus. And we know Jesus was the word made flesh, right? That Jesus, his life, he, he showed, he was able to show us as believers, as followers of Christ, how to walk through life, how to handle things, how to deal with things, how to, um, I mean, so many things, so many lessons of what Jesus walked through. And then his disciples then uh, being as Christ, like Paul would say, it's no longer I who live, but Christ in me, right? And living out of that life and that new nature of who we are in Christ, that is the goal, and that's what a disciple does. And uh, so anyways, in, in, that, in that scripture that we talked about, the Holy Spirit, that's in John 16, 13 through 15, he will draw on his truth and take what he is saying and make it clear to you. The son makes the father known and the spirit makes the son known. We see that in his word, amen? And what the whole point of that was is they don't contradict. There's unity between the two. So if you're gonna be really good and get really excellent at listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life, then you must, must, must be in your word. Because we can miss it on the Holy Spirit, listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, right? But when we keep this unity between the two in our life and we stay um, drawing from and taking from the wholeness of who God is and all parts of the Trinity then we're gonna be able to hear better. We're gonna be able to walk as disciples better. We need both, all three, not both, we need all three. We need to be in the word. I can't remember who said it, but I think it was Brother Hagen who said that he would pray in the Holy Ghost, but as much as he would pray in the Holy Ghost, he would be in his word, what did he say, double? Something like that. I don't know if you've ever heard that. And he was a man that prayed in the Holy Spirit a lot and all the time. But the Holy Spirit, oftentimes when the Holy Spirit speaks to me, I hear his word. And if, he, and if I hear something, because there are things that, you know, are not directly his scripture, but there's leading and, and guiding, then you make sure that's the Lord speaking that. Right? We make sure. One thing I noticed about Jesus when reading about Jesus is he wasn't quick to move. <laughs> he waited, he heard, he got instruction and direction before he took his steps, before he moved. Remember we talked about he wasn't, you know, uh, the Holy Spirit does not lead in, it's not uh, emergency leadings, it's not urgent, it's not somebody else's need, it's not any of these things, it's not a feeling, it's not better money, it's not, none of these things are a lead. The Holy Spirit and his word are our lead, amen? 
So a disciple honors <clears throat> his word, excuse me. A disciple is committed to all of who God is, right? We, we have an equal respect for the word as we do the spirit. We cannot properly live by one and ignore the other and expect to have the fullness of life that he desires. We cannot do that. Um, one thing, you know, kind of the difference between, I mean, everybody loves the move of the spirit and everybody loves the goosebumps and all of these things. We should love the discipline of the word just as much if not more, because it's gonna keep you founded. It's gonna keep us balanced in this, right? We should just decide right now that I'm gonna love the discipline and the instruction of the Lord, no matter how hard it is to hear. Because honestly, as we've been diving into this more, this is where the Lord, through his word, and then just that, that uh, confirmation of the Holy Spirit, but just in his word, he's bringing things up to me. You, you see this? You can't do this. You're gonna have to change this. But understand that when God says you're gonna have to change this, he comes with a whole truckload, a heaven load of grace to help you do that, to help me do that. Thank the Lord, really it's a win-win there. We have everything we need. So a disciple honors the word, um, and we're gonna turn to John, this John chapter eight. John chapter eight, verse 31 and 32. And it says, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. It says, if you abide in my word. The word abide is actually, it's to live in. It's living in his word, it's staying and remaining. It's to stay in a given place, state, relation, or expectancy. It means to continue, to dwell, to endure, be present, remain, and stand. The Strong's actually kind of gives the, the idea of this, it's is to persist in to adhere to, to persevere in, to hold fast to, and I like this one, to fuse to. To fuse to the word of God. Sounds to me like we don't ever not acknowledge the word in our life. The problem is, is that and certainly we're not talking about this church. But it's gotta be something else. But the problem is, is, and this is across, we'll just talk about the United States, that a very, 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 very small percentage of the Christian actually reads their word. 
In fact, a very large portion, and I'm talking not half, I'm talking like 80%, if I remember correctly, of people in the church read their word when the pastor tells them to open to a certain scripture. Do you see that when we don't do that and we don't honor the word in our life and we don't keep it before us, we don't remain in it, we don't fuse ourselves to it, we don't abide in it, then we're probably gonna be missing something. Not probably, we will. This is the word, the word of God. It's to abide is not ceasing to be attracted by its value and never seeing anything else as any more valuable than this. That was in the Strong's as well, about abiding. The value of living in this. The value of pouring this into your children. The value of meditating on this. The value of thinking on this and chewing on this. And the value of allowing it to, to, for you to fall, I think that scripture, to fall on the rock and not be crushed by it. Allowing it, what that says to me, and maybe I'm misinterpreting that scripture, but what that says to me is I would rather come to this and crush my own flesh and submit to the word of God and humble myself to this and make the adjustments that I need to make than experience what is available in life when we don't submit to the word of God and honor his word in our life. It really is a better life. It is the best life. In fact, it is the only life. There's either life or death. There's not an in-between. And, I, and this, is, this is where I want us to get excited because if we heed this word that the Lord is saying to us, remember at the very first one we talked about Mark Four, I believe it was, can't remember the exact place, but about those who have ears to hear, let them hear. To open our hearts to the Lord, and even in all of these messages, what God is saying, listen, you're in this church, which means that when things are being spoken, and they're not spoken perfectly all the time, but they're for you, they're for me. They're for me. When Mark was teaching on love and walking in love towards one another, guys, that's for us. That wasn't a message for the, the church down the street. That was for us and it was a warning to us. It really, I don't even like to look at it as a warning. I like, it to, I li I like to look at it as it was God calling us up to a higher place because he's got something he wants to get to us. That's why. It's not so that I can feel bad and you can feel bad and we can just you know, have all our emotions soothed. It's about obeying the word of God no matter what the cost is to see what do you have, God? Because I want all of it. And that's what a disciple does. I want the whole thing. I want all of it. 
So we become a student of the word of God. We become those that dig in and dive in and we take it and we don't, we don't discount or dishonor the word of God because it's not coming from our favorite preacher or it's not coming from this or that or, or that was too hard or anything, but we take it and we say, God, show me. I open up my life and my heart to you because I know that in doing so, even though it hurts like the Dickens sometimes, that when I do allow you to come in and to instruct me that you're only instructing me to more life, greater understanding, a greater place of freedom than I haven't ever known before. That's what he does. That's what his word does. It encourages us, it encourages us to keep going too, but abide. So the thought is that as we continue to cling to the word and live in it, doubts will dissipate and the assurance of the truth will become settled and we would understand reality by comprehending the evidence. That's what happens when a disciple says, if you abide in my word, that abiding in his truth helps us to understand reality by comprehending the evidence of it. Because when you begin to stand on the word and you become a disciple of the word, you are going to have evidence of his word manifesting in your life. It's impossible not to. Why? Because I just have way too much faith in the Lord that he's gonna go ahead and do his part. He's trustworthy. Do we realize that there are many times when Jesus presented himself as truth and people got offended at truth? And this is what happened. Listen, according to this, it says, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. When people get, and this happened to Jesus, people got offended at his truth, at the truth that he was speaking and what happened? They missed out on their freedom because freedom was standing right there in front of their face. I'm reminded of, um, uh, in, uh, actually an example of that would be John 6, 66, when many of his disciples went back and walked away with him more, no more, it says, because in the previous he was talking about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. And they got offended at that. That was offensive. And then he asked his own disciples, are you gonna leave too? I mean, he just laid it out. He just laid it out. But um, if we want to truly hear what the Spirit is saying, we cannot leave out the things we don't like to hear. And his word is very, I mean, I don't know how many times I've read in the past you know, month, love your neighbor, walk in love. Don't have strife in your life in many different ways. All of these things. And um, if I really truly want to be able to resist the enemy in my life, before resisting can happen, there has to be submission to his word. Scripture says that. Submit to him. Submit to his word. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. This is why we need the word. Because it shows us not only who we are, absolutely there's so many good things about what the word shows us, but then it also shows us 
and brings to light areas in our life that need adjustment so that we can live in freedom. Because see, it's impossible to sow to the flesh and reap life. It's a law. And whatever you sow, you reap. So when the Lord says, sow to the spirit, you'll reap life. We'll reap life. It doesn't say sow to the flesh and you'll reap life. This is why the scripture is very clear. If you want, if you want to live as a disciple and we want, to, we want to see the things that God has for us and we want to walk in the benefits because as much as there is a sacrifice to being a disciple, there are so many benefits and the reward is quite amazing. It is quite amazing. So we walk in this place of honoring and respecting the word of God in our life and allowing it to challenge and allowing it to wash us and allowing it to change us and direct us and lead us and guide us. It's a big deal. You can see why your flesh, but also the enemy, fights a believer living in the word. because it's important, it's vital. We're supposed to live there, we're supposed to abide there. We're supposed to fuse ourselves with the word of God. And he says in verse 31 again, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. So the enemy fights that because his word contains freedom. That's what it says right there. You shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. His word contains freedom for every single situation and every single question and every single thing that you come up against. His word contains freedom. And I'm gonna prove it to you here. In 2 Timothy, let's turn there. I love this. Oh my goodness, I was about jumping out of my desk. I have run through the sanctuary before. But that was to give Joy good news. <laughs> She's like, what is going on? I know what you're thinking, she runs? <laughs> A short distance, yes. All right. 2 Timothy 3. And I actually think, um, I'm not going to start in verse 12. We're actually going to start in verse 16, just for the sake of time here. Every scripture is God-breathed, given by his inspiration, and profitable for instruction for reproof and conviction of sin, for correction of error and discipline and obedience, and for training in righteousness, in holy living, in conformity to God's will, in thought, purpose, and action. So that the man or woman of God may be complete and proficient, well-fitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. 
Every scripture is God-breathed. That means each and every, all scripture. I mean, you think about that. Every word that is in this Bible right here is perfect. It's inspired, it's God-breathed. I don't think we get it. God breathed. Says it right there. Every scripture is God breathed, given by his inspirational inspiration and profitable for instruction. God breathed is actually a giving of God's life. So God, God breathed, inspired by God, due to the inspiration of God. So God is Theos, which is the creator and owner of all things. Breathed is to breathe out, referring to the divine inspiration of scripture. God breathed expresses the sacred or divine nature of the scriptures, their divine origin and their power to sanctify, cleanse, or make clean believers. Each and every word is God-breathed and profitable for teaching, for convincing, for correction, for training in righteousness. So when the word of God says that by your stripes you were healed, that is not just me reciting something, but if I understand that those were the very God-breathed, inspired words of God himself, the creator of all, God, the one who holds the universe, breathed out these words for me, his disciple, then I can grab onto those words because I don't have to have faith in the situation. I don't have to, it doesn't have to look all perfect. I can actually grab onto God, breathed words, bring them into my life and apply them to my life and have the very life of God, I mean, just dispersed into my situation, into my body, into my marriage, into my finances, into everything. This challenged me because I love the word, but you know what? I just went to a deeper revelation and honor and respect and reverence for the word of God because it's not just words on a page. God breathed. God spoke. These are extraordinary and supernatural, divine influence. Every word is perfect and powerful. So when we fuse ourselves with the word of God, 
we are infusing ourselves with extraordinary, supernatural, divine influence and powerful and perfect words. And then when you get the Holy Spirit on those and the Holy Spirit says, you go to the Lord and you say, Lord, what do I do here? What is the answer? And he speaks to you. And out of the treasury of the word of God that you have put into you comes a word. But it's not just a word. It's a God-breathed word. And then we get the privilege of breathing out his word into our situations. And then not because I think I'm something great or you think you're something great, but because God's word says right here that God talks about your tongue and how what we say and what we speak steers our life and steers situations. That we have the opportunity. It's not just speak life, speak life, speak life. No, think about that. It is. Speak God-breathed life into your situation. It's that honor and that respect and that reverence for the word of God. A disciple laying aside time, sacrificing things in their life because they know but if I'm gonna do this, if I'm gonna walk for the Lord, if I'm gonna walk with him and I'm gonna lay everything down, then I'm gonna need God-breathed words in my life. That I'm gonna need a foundation so firm because when, not if, when truth gets challenged in your life, you're gonna need to know that I'm not standing on my own words. I'm standing on God-breathed, inspired words. Huh. Should we just all take a lap? <laughs> when we honor and respect and reverence him, his word in our lives and the unity between the leading of the Holy Spirit and his word as coming from the Father, we then through faith with application actually have the very now and alive and powerful breath of Almighty God breathed into our lives and into our situations. And we know this, when God speaks, when God speaks, Think about the detail of your physical body. Think about the detail of the universe and the stars and the seas. Think about it. He spoke life, 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 life. And then being the good, 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 good God that he is, 
is saying, come on. I'm training you. I'm teaching you. I'm leading you. I'm guiding you. I'm transforming you. I'm cleansing you so that you could be an advertisement of the God-breathed life in this place. Because we're in this world, but we're not of it. This is not our home. The Bible talks about we're like foreigners. This is not our home. This is not it. But this is our opportunity to be disciples for the living God, the one who breathed these words, who breathed and life came, who breathed that breath of God and made it even possible for us to be able to live in him. So thankful for that. So we speak in line with him coming from an intimate, thriving relationship with him. And this places us in proper place of authority or having the proper place of authority in our lives. And then we have his power released into our lives. 1 Peter 1.22. I love this. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren. See how he always sticks that in there? Love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. Through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Because all flesh, and this is where he's quoting Isaiah here, all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. The word of the Lord endures forever. A disciple doesn't live by their own words, their own way, because they understand that without him and his word, they can do nothing. We come to an end of ourself it's only when we line up our mouth and our actions with his that we have his power released in our life. Can you understand that's why there, there needs to be, there's an intimacy there. There's living in such a way that acknowledgement, what we were talking about, of the authority in our life that, that God is speaking and we're moving and we're just, all right, Lord, where are we going? What are we doing? Because we have this understanding and this reverence for him so much that we know that wherever he does lead us or wherever he does take us, even though we don't understand it with our natural thinking, 
that it's always gonna be to life. It's always gonna be to the best for us, for our families, for our children. It's always gonna be the best for, for those around us. It's always gonna be the best. Even when it doesn't look like it makes sense, what does that matter? We're not putting our faith in our own words and our own ideas. We're putting our faith in God-breathed words. I don't know about you, but that's so much better than mine. His, his idea is so much better than mine. But the reason why I wanted to bring out that, that God-breathed is because we need to renew in ourselves, okay? an honor and a respect for God's word. The Lord is asking us, Faith Family Church, to become students of the word of God. He is asking us to sacrifice time to be able to read his word. Not because he's trying to take away all the fun things or sleep or whatever it may be, but because he's actually trying to get more life to you and through you. Amen? Um, Let me see where I want to go here. So that imperishable seed the living and enduring word of God. It is not something that deteriorates, but is as enduring and permanent as God himself. Faith, when based on what is promised, produces living and lasting and incorruptible. God's word has enduring character. It doesn't end. It holds the same power today as the day that it was penned on this, not this paper, this wasn't there. That'd be really cool. It has that same power. It doesn't lose its power. The word of God does not lose its power because somebody doesn't believe it. Now, if you don't believe it in your own life, you're actually going to stop it from working in your life. But if we allow the word of God to come in and all of those things that uh, 1 Peter talked about, then we're actually allowing life in and allowing God to speak and allowing him to say what he feels or what he knows is needed to be said. This is the direction. This is what I want you to do. It's that honor. It's that respect. It's allowing him in. First Thessalonians, and I'll close with this. This is chapter 2, verse 13. And we also especially thank God continually for this, that when you received the message of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of mere men, but as it truly is the word of God, 
which is effectual, effectually at work in you who believe, exercising its superhuman power in those who adhere to and trust in and rely on it. So are we allowing the word of God to effectually be working in our lives? Are we allowing that truth to settle in, the truth of the word of God and be effectual? Because from what this is saying is as if they would not have heard it and not, it is possible, because we know this from the grounds, the sowing the seed, you know I'm not gonna go over that parable, but that people can take the word and it can be stolen away. But disciples, we take the word, we meditate on it, and we allow it to shape us. Not getting offended is huge, huge. And that doesn't mean that you read the word and, ah, that's not me, but it could be reading the word and then, yeah, that one's not easy. So I'm gonna just leave that over there. The word can be effective in you or ineffective. The word was welcomed and honored, therefore it was effectually at work. It has worked powerfully in you, filling you with light, life, and holiness. A disciple does not get offended at the word, but re respects its divine power. Respects it as the God-breathed inspiration not just words on a page. God's speaking to me now. It's alive, amen? The word disciple means a learner, but Jesus infused into that simple word a wealth of profound meaning. As used by him and Paul, it meant a learner or pupil who accepts the teaching of Christ, not only in belief, but also in lifestyle. It means learning with purpose, to obey what is learned, it involves a deliberate choice, a definite denial, and determined obedience. That is freedom. Amen? All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you. Praise you for your word. We thank you for the rest of this day, Lord, that you're speaking to your people. We thank you, Lord, for your grace. Oh, man. Without you, we would be able to do nothing. We give you honor and glory. We love you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.